Welcome to the Condo Vultures Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. This is the Condo Market Analysis. It is a statistical deep dive that I do every Monday, taking a look at one of the different um, regions or markets located within this tri-county area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties, which make up South Florida. For this particular podcast, which, by the way, is podcast number 100, 100, wow, um, I'm going to take a look at Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County is a northern county in the tri-county area, which is made up of Miami-Dade County to the south, Broward County to the middle, and Palm Beach County to the north. Some of you know Palm Beach County uh, for Palm Beach Island. That is the wealthy enclave where uh, former President Donald Trump has his Mar-a-Lago uh, location. It's also where the Kennedy family, they had a large presence there um, uh, back in the day. And also to Henry Flagler, the uh, gentleman who made his money in oil, then turned around and built a railroad system that went from Jacksonville all the way down to Key West. Uh, he is the one who basically uh, put Palm Beach Island on the map. So Palm Beach has um, it's got some very interesting history. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and take a look at this particular condo market um, analysis week. Now, I should tell you, uh, in looking at the data, what we're going to focus on is we're going to focus on the condo market. We'll focus on the luxury condo market. We'll focus on the distressed condo market. We're also going to focus on the rental market. Now, keep in mind, all the statistics that I'm going to refer to, they're all coming out of the Southeast Florida MLS matrix. What is the MLS matrix? It's effectively a database that realtors use to go ahead and make properties um, available, uh, let others know that they are available for sale and or for rent. So if you're online and you're searching, chances are you're going to find a listed property, and that property will effectively be in the database, uh, which is called the MLS. Um, keep in mind, in order to put a property in the multiple listing service, a commission has to be offered. Traditionally, uh, somebody who's putting the listing in, whether it be a rental or a, uh, a sale, they're going to earn a commission as well as the broker on the other side of the deal, whether it be a tenant and or a buyer, uh, commission will also be paid there. So why do I bring this up? Because if you go into a property that is for rent uh, and there are signs in front saying for lease, move in today, things like that, that property is not um, – uh, commissions, generally speaking, aren't going to be paid there, and therefore those statistics won't be included in this MLS database. So. Before we get started, let me just remind you, if you're not even a subscriber to the Condo Vultures podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you listen to um, our podcast. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating as well as a comment. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to continue to spread our message and uh, our goal to try to bring, bring straight talk to an overhyped uh, real estate market. And finally, if you want to send a comment uh, to me or to uh, anybody who does podcasts here at Condo Vultures, send it to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Every uh, Wednesday, we do a reporter's roundtable. Any comments are received, we go ahead and we discuss uh, those comments during that particular podcast. So all that being said, fasten your seatbelt, lean back, and get ready to learn all about the Palm Beach County condo market. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information, uh, data, and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us. Please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com 
slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distrust Market Intelligence Report sign-up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, and lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distrust market in South Florida. I'm back, condo market analysis, a focus on Palm Beach County. For this particular podcast and this segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the condo market in general. Traditionally, when we talk about markets, we talk about the areas that are east of Interstate 95. But when we do these county overviews, it's the entire county. So that would be the Atlantic Ocean all the way west, effectively, to the Everglades. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about Palm Beach County because it's uh, really kind of fascinating before we go ahead and we get into uh, the statistics. And this is coming from Wikipedia, Wikipedia. So here we go. Around 12,000 years ago, Native Americans began migrating into Florida. An estimated 20,000 Native Americans lived in South Florida when the Spanish arrived. Their population diminished significantly by the 18th century due to warfare, enslavement, and diseases from Europe. In 1513, Juan Ponce de Leon, who led a European expedition to Florida earlier that year, became the first non-Native Native American to reach Palm Beach County after landing in the modern-day Jupiter area. Among the first Native not, uh, non-Native uh, Americans, Residents were African-Americans, many of whom were former slaves or immediate descendants of former slaves. Runaway African slaves started coming to what would be uh, what was known then as Spanish floor in the late 17th century, and they found refuge among the Seminoles. During the Seminole War, these African-American slaves fought with the Seminoles against the white settlers and bounty hunters. Portions of the Second Seminole War occurred in Palm Beach County, including the Battle of Jupiter Inlet in 1838. Interesting, interesting um, uh, note about Palm Beach County. I will tell you, uh, Palm Beach County, it was founded in uh, 1909, and it is a population of about 1.5 million people or so live in Palm Beach County as of an estimate of 2019. So that being said, let's go ahead. We'll talk about the condo statistics in Palm Beach County. Now, what I should tell you is many of the uh, podcasts that I've done previously or leading up to this point, Many of them have talked about an oversupply of condos, way too many condos, not enough buyers. Palm Beach County will be the opposite. This is a county that has a seller's market in general. Why is that? Well, you got a lot of interest in it, and you don't have enough supply uh, effectively available uh, for sale and or for rent, more importantly. So let's start off with the condo markets. And any statistics, by the way, that um, I refer to, you can go ahead and you can find those charts, and you can find the writ board associated with them. Go to condovulturesrealty.com. I'll scroll down to, um, I'd say, the bottom half of the page, and you'll see a whole series of reports. And for each individual report, there's going to be charts associated with it. So that's where this, uh, these numbers are coming from. So what do we got in Palm Beach County? We got um, just over 4,030 condos actively available on the market, 4,030 condos available on the market. First nine months of 2020, and that's what we're doing. We're taking a look of um, May 21st, nine months. Uh, one or two more segments, or excuse me, uh, podcasts on that. Now we're going to get into the 2020 year-end final. So we're just wrapping it up. So uh, we kind of have an apples-to-apples comparison for all the different markets based on the podcast. So 4,030 condos or so are listed on the market in the first nine months of 2020, January through September. The 835 condos roughly uh, transact, 68 now, if I take that 6835, I divide it by the first nine months in 2020. What do I come up with? I come up with an average of about 760 condos trading each and every month, 760 condos trading each month. So if I take the 760 condos that trade every month, I divide it into what's available, which is 4,000, 4, more than 4,030. I come up with about 5.3 months of supply, 5.3 months of supply. What does that mean? Well, 5.3 months of supply means it is a seller's market. 
six months is equilibrium, less than six months, the seller has the advantage because there's nothing to choose from. And more than six months, the buyer has the advantage. Now, when you get into a seller's market, it typically means you can expect prices to go up or you expect sellers to be very aggressive on their pricing. And sure enough, that's what you're going to find here in the statistics. So, now, the average price per unit of those condos that are available is $540,738. $547.38 is what the asking price is. Now, the units that trade in the first nine months of the year, what they actually trade for? They traded for $298,160. So what's the difference? That's about 81% difference, 81%. Now, what I like to tell people is, generally speaking, when the asking price and the average transaction price gets squeezed to about 20%, you might have some activity. You might start to have some um, interest. You might have some momentum. And when that uh, difference becomes uh, between 8 and 12%, you tend to get a deal. So it looks like Palm Beach County, you have some very aggressive pricing. And uh, to get the buyer under this circumstance, it looks like they're probably going to have to come up in price simply because there's not enough available. Now, while price per unit is what people tend to focus on, I would sort of scare you away from I tell you it's more important to focus on price per uh, square foot. And why is that? Because price per square foot sort of helps put condos into a category of being a commodity. And at the end of the day, that's really what they are. Uh, condo prices you can figure out uh, statistically, mathematically, based on the floor height and based on the uh, view what the price should be, regardless of what the interior is like. If the interior is nice or if the interior is um, is, is not nice, effectively that's all that happens is um, you simply make an adjustment on pricing. So what do we got is 287 bucks a foot, 287 bucks a foot. Um, in the first nine months of the year, the units that traded, what they trade for? They trade for 195 bucks a foot, 195 a foot. That is a difference of about 42%, about four, excuse me, about 47%, 47.2%. So what does that mean? Well, like I mentioned, when typically when the asking price and the transaction price is about 20% difference, you tend to get some activity. When the deal gets, or, or when the terms get closer to about 8 to 12%, you tend to get a deal. So it sounds like uh, the price per square foot is still higher than what things you actually trade for. And why is that in Baldwin County? Because you don't have enough units available for supply. Remember, 53 excuse me, 5.3 months of supply. Now, finally, days on market. Um, the condos that are on the market t uh, today in Balm Beach County, they've been there an average of 116 days, 116. First nine months of the year, how long did it take condos to trade? Only 79 days, only 79 days. So you can see if a condo is priced appropriately, it's going to move. It's going to move in less than six months, excuse me, less than three months. But if it is um, priced a little bit higher, it's going to take a little bit while in order to transact that condo. So that's the condo market in Palm Beach County. We're going to take a short commercial break. At the end of the break, we'll go ahead and we'll get into the luxury condo market in Palm Beach County. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with CVRrealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm Peter Zalewski. I'm your host. We talked about condo, the condo market in general in Palm Beach County in the first segment. Now we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the luxury condo market. 
uh, in this segment. Now, before I get started, let me give you a little bit more history about Palm Beach County. Again, the source is coming from Wikipedia, and it has to do with Henry Flagler. That's the gentleman who brought the railroad down from Jacksonville, took it all the way to Key West, and did a lot of development in and around the state of Florida, especially the East Coast. Um, here we go from Wikipedia. Henry Flagler, who was instrumental in the county's development in the late 19th century and early 20th century, he burst first visited what would become Palm Beach County in 1892. He subsequently purchased land on both sides of Lake Worth. Other investors followed suit, causing a small boom and boom in existing businesses and resulting in the establishment of many new businesses. The Royal Poinciana Hotel, constructed by Flagler to accommodate wealthy tourists, opened for business in February 1894. About a month later, the Florida East Coast Railway, owned by Flagler, reached West Palm Beach. On November 5, 1894, Palm Beach County's oldest city, West Palm Beach, was incorporated. In 1896, another hotel hotel built by Flagler was opened in Palm, um, uh, the Palm Beach Inn. So the second hotel was called the Palm Beach Inn, later renamed the Breakers. He also constructed his own winter home beginning in 1900. His wife and he then moved on February 6, 1902. Uh, Flagler died there on May 20, 1913, after falling down of a uh, flight of marble stairs. Florida legislature voted to establish Palm Beach County, Beach County in 1909, carving it out of what was then the northern portion of Dade County and initially including all of Lake Okeechobee. So that is Henry Flagler, and that is uh, just a slice of his involvement in Palm Beach County in Palm Beach Island. Now let's talk about the luxury condo market. Now generally speaking, when you talk about luxury in South Florida, um, everything people will tell you is luxurious. Uh, they always like to say luxury, luxury, luxury. How do you differentiate luxury from ultra luxury, super luxury, super ultra luxury? Nobody knows. They're not sure. It's marketing term. So what we do to just sort of keep it simple, we say if a property is listed, a house or a condo or any property is listed for a million dollars or more, seven figures, it's luxurious. If it's not listed, if it doesn't have seven figures, it's not luxurious. So for instance, a $1 million condo on the market would be luxury. A condo listed for $999,999 would not be luxurious. That's just the way we do it. Are we right? Are we wrong? It doesn't make a difference because nobody defines luxury with any kind of, um, I say, consistent manner down here in this particular marketplace. So we're going to talk about the luxury condo market in Palm Beach County, which, again, is those properties listed for a million dollars or more. And, again, sources Southeast Florida MLS Matrix. And if you want to check out um, the actual stats, a chart, as well as a written word associated with us, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down uh, to the bottom half of the page, and you will see all the different reports that are available. So what do you got going on in the luxury condo market in Palm Beach County? 480 condos listed for sale. 480. First nine months of 2020, what are they, how many traded? 298. 298 units traded in the first nine months of the year. If I take those two, uh, first uh, those 298 condos that traded in the first nine months of 2020, I come up with an average of 33 luxury condos trading every month. 33 condos trading every month. If I take the 33 condos, I divide it in 480 that are currently available. I come up with nearly 15 months of supplies. 15 months of supply. Now, um, equilibrium is six months. Six months. Less than six months is a seller's market. More than six months is a buyer's market. And when we get in the luxury, some of the brokers who work in the luxury market, they like to say that um, – People who play in the luxury market uh, have more money than God, and therefore they are not uh, forced to sell, and they're not forced to buy, and they buy what they like, and they, you know, they're buyers. They're not going to be sold. So as a result of that, luxury condos take a little bit longer to sell. This is what the brokers are going to tell you. So while the traditional condo will take, um, you know, six months should be the equilibrium, uh, some brokers will tell you on the luxury side, you're looking at 12 months to 18 months in order to get a deal traded. Um, Believe them, don't believe them, I'm not really sure. If you take them at their word, 
Palm Beach County has uh, 14.5 months of supply or, or nearly 15 months of supply. Effectively, what it means is the uh, Palm Beach County luxury market is probably somewhere within the equilibrium range, meaning that, um, you know, prices are relatively reasonable. Um, uh, there's enough product and there's enough buyers to make it a consistent marketplace. So that's what the data would suggest. Now, what do we got going on in terms of pricing in Palm Beach County? Well, the average asking price for a condo in Palm Beach County, $2.6 million, $2.6 million. Units that trade in the first uh, nine months of 2020, what did they trade for? $2.2 million, $2.2 million. What is the spread? What's the difference between the asking price and the average transaction price? About 18.2%, 18.2%. I mean, well, if you stick with that range that I gave you of 20%, things get interesting, 8 to 12% of deal times to get done, you can see that these condos that are priced in Palm Beach County, they're priced to trade, priced to trade. Now, while price per door is interesting, I would highly recommend you rely on price per square foot. And what's going on in the price per square foot basis in the luxury market of Palm Beach County? Well, the average asking price is 907 a foot, 907 a foot for luxury, Palm Beach. How, what is the average transaction price? First nine months of 2020, 793 a foot. 793 a foot, that means 14.4% spread. So we're getting very interesting to the properties being priced right at a level in which uh, transactions should occur. And then finally, uh, days on the market, the luxury condos that have been on the market, they've been there an average of 152 days, 152 units that trade in the first nine months of the year. How long did it take them? 148 days. So this is an example of a market that is very uh, much uh, – in tune with buyers and sellers, it's at an equilibrium. This is what equilibrium, I would tell you, looks like, unlike what you see in, in uh, Dade County, Miami-Dade County, and to a lesser extent, um, Broward County. So we're going to take a commercial break. On the other side break, we're going to get into the distressed market of Palm Beach County. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami a real deal, but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building, or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are an institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward, I just might be able to help you. To get a hold of me, please uh, reach out to peter at condovultures.com. That's peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We talked about the condo market in Palm Beach County. We talked about the, the uh, luxury condo market in Palm Beach County. Now we're going to talk about the distressed market in Palm Beach County, which is comprised of real estate-owned properties as well as short sales. Now, before I go ahead and get into that, let me give you one more tidbit about uh, Palm Beach County. As I mentioned early on in the um, uh, podcast, roughly about 1.5 million people live in Palm Beach County. That's up from about 1.1 million in 2000. And for what it's worth, 2010, we had about 1.3 million. So you can see Palm Beach County is growing. And what's interesting about Palm Beach County is so is the foreign national uh, excuse me, the people who were born uh, abroad and now live in Palm Beach County. So it's called foreign-born residents, if you look at U.S. Census Bureau data. And what I will tell you is looking at Census Bureau data, back in 2000, 17% of Palm Beach County uh, residents were foreign-born. And then in 2010, 23% were foreign-born. And now 2019, 25.4% are foreign-born. So you can see foreign-born residents increasingly are going to Palm Beach County, and they're liking it. Now, 
what do we got going on in the distrust market? Well, let me kind of break it down. What is distrust first and foremost? There are two categories of distrust. There is something called a short sale, and there's something called a real estate owned, an REO. And um, what are they and how do they sort of work? Well, a short sale is a situation where a borrower um, wants to sell their property, and the property is worth less than what the loan amount is. So as a result, that borrower who wants to sell their property, but the property is worth less than what they owe, what they'll do is they'll go ahead and they'll find a buyer. And once they will agree to a price, and if that price um, uh, is agreed to, the seller will then go to the lender and they'll tell the lender, hey, listen, we're upside down on um, this property. Um, I don't want it anymore. I uh, want to get out. And uh, in order to get out, uh, the bank has to make an, a deal and agree to go ahead and accept less or something short of what ultimately is owed. And if the bank accepts that, the deal will go through and a short sale occurs. Now, why does a, a bank agree to a short sale? Because a short sale is, um, uh, is a way to proactively avoid a foreclosure. Foreclosure can take 9 to 12 months, if not longer. Uh, foreclosure can result in all types of litigation fees. Uh, bills as well as potential damage to that particular unit. So once a bank does take title of the property, now they ultimately become a super. They have to oversee the property, they have to fix it up, then they have to try to resell. So some banks just opt to uh, take a little loss on the front end rather than have to go through the whole foreclosure process. Now, if a bank, if a property is not able to short sell, and if somebody does lose that particular property, what will happen is 9 to 12 months later in thousands of dollars in, in uh, costs uh, associated with um, the litigation, as well as any damage that maybe occurs, as, as well as uh, non-payment of, um, of the debt uh, service, all that sort of uh, builds up. And once a bank takes title to it, lo and behold, that bank will put the property in a category on their books called a real estate owned, an REO, or some people call it a bank-owned property. So that's the way it breaks down. Those are the two short sales. Again, somebody trying to be proactive and get out, foreclosure, REO, bank-owned, uh, real estate-owned, uh, all of the above. Those are once a bank takes title to, or a, le a lender takes title to the property. So what do we got going on in Palm Beach County in the first nine months of the year? Well, looking at the statistics, it looks like there's roughly about 30 distressed condos, both short sales and, and um, ours, that are currently available um, in sale. In the first nine months of 2020, there was an average of about 16 condos traded each and every month that were distressed, 16 condos that traded each and every month that were distressed. So that's going to represent just under two months of supply, two months of supply. Why is that important? Well, keep in mind when the banks are involved with these types of properties, uh, typically what will happen is they are the ones who get the control when the property is released and uh, for sale. And as a result of that, typically they can get their hands on the till be able to be able to control uh, what goes up and um, uh, what the pricing is, simply because uh, they control how much they, they release into the marketplace. Now, let's go ahead. Let's get to the different aspects of the county. So in um, Palm Beach County for short sales, again, uh, this is a proactive move by the seller to try to get rid of the property and have the bank agree to take something, accept something that's short of repaying the entire loan. So you get seven condos that are available for sale, seven condos available for sale, first nine months of 2020. Uh, how many units uh, that were short sales traded in Palm Beach County? 12, 12. So uh, that's roughly about 1.3 units uh, that are short sales traded each and every month in Palm Beach County. If I take that 1.3 units that trade um, every month in Palm Beach County, divided on what's for sale, seven, you end up with about 5.3 months of supply, 5.3 months of supply. Now, 
the short sales that are on the market, what is the average asking price per unit? $148,450, bucks. One four eight four fifty. Now, what's interesting is the transaction price for the in the first nine months of the year for a short sale was actually $232,625. Bucks. So that's 36% higher um, transaction price than what the short sale actually uh, was listed for uh, on average. So why is that? Well, what that is, is that is sellers trying to effectively chum the water, trying to um, not bait and switch, but basically bring in interest. Once that buyer comes in, shows some interest, the um, the seller agrees to it. They then apply it. They then uh, pr uh, approach the bank. The bank then will try to jack up the price or juice up the price. So that's where we kind of got the difference in terms of uh, price per door. Now, what do we got going on a price per square foot basis? Well, the short sales that are on the market, the average asking price per square foot for a short sale, Palm Beach County, 129 bucks a foot, 129 bucks a foot. And what is the average transaction price for a short sale in Palm Beach County? 159 bucks a foot, 159 a foot about a 19% spread, 19% spread. Again, why is that? Well, short sales listed, uh, buyer and seller agree to a price, they approach the bank, the bank demands more in order to get the deal done. And it sounds like in these circumstances that the buyer ultimately says, you know what, that makes sense, let's go ahead and let's do the deal. And then finally, uh, days on market for the short sales. Uh, those short sales that have been on the market, they've been there an average of 83 days, 83 days for the units that trade in the first nine months of the year. It took them 73 days to trade, 73 days to trade. So um, let's talk about REOs, which again is real estate owned, same as bank owned. What do you got going on in the Palm Beach County uh, REO market? 22 condos for sale, 22 condos for sale. First nine months of 2020, 132 traded, 132 traded. That's an average of nearly 15 bank owned condos trading each and every month in Palm Beach County. You just take that uh, nearly 15 units uh, REO condos trading per month, divide on what's available, 22 units. You come up with 1.5 months of supply, 1.5 months of supply. And what does that 1.5 months of supply suggest? It'll suggest that this is a seller's market. That should not be a surprise. Why? Because the banks are the ones controlling the property. They can release it. If they release less, therefore, they can juice prices. And here's a perfect example of that. Now, what do we got going on in the uh, uh, price per door basis? Well, the average asking price for a condo, that's an REO in uh, Palm Beach County, the asking price is just under 166400 bucks. 166400 Now, the units that traded in the first nine months of the year of 2020, what did they trade for? 201100 bucks. 201100 What's the difference? About 17% difference. So it looks like the sale average transaction price in the first nine months of the year was actually higher than what the average uh, listing price is in Palm Beach County. Now, why is that? Some of it might have to do with the fact that there's a pandemic and um, you know, there wasn't as many, much activity potentially as some of the banks would have liked. So maybe they're uh, simply, the lenders are simply uh, just trying to get out the door, trying to move it because they're not sure what the future is. That could be it. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure. Now, what about price per square foot? Well, the average asking price for a bank-owned condo in Palm Beach County is 130 bucks a foot, 130 a foot. The units that trade in the first nine months of the year, they traded for 124 a foot, 124 a foot. That's about a 4.8% difference, about a 5% difference. So you can see the condos that are REOs, they're priced to sell, which would probably reinforce the fact that the average transaction price was higher than what the current um, asking price is, simply because the banks might not have been getting the traction uh, that they thought or wanted for them. Now, finally, days on market for the REO. 86 days is uh, how long um, an REO has been on the market in Palm Beach County. Units that traded, they traded in 67 days. 67 days they were able to trade. So that is the distressed market in Palm Beach County. 
We're going to take a, a commercial break. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into the rental market in Palm Beach County. If you're listening to this podcast, think about who else is. If you want to reach that crowd, which tends to be investors, buyers, developers, lenders, why not advertise on the Common Cultures podcast? To do so, give us a call at the office, 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We talked about the Palm Beach County condo market. We talked about the Palm Beach County luxury condo market. We talked about the Palm Beach County distressed condo market. Now we're going to talk about the rental market. Why are we talking about rental if you're looking to buy? Well, things change. Sometimes you go in thinking, I'm going to buy a condo, I'm going to live it, I'm going to retire in it, and things change and you want to suddenly rent it. So good idea to have some uh, perspective about what the rental market is, and that's what we're going to address right now. Before I do, let me give you another tidbit about Palm Beach County just to help you um, have a little bit of color. Um, Palm Beach County, um, in, in by the way, this is coming from Wikipedia. So the Palm Beach International Airport, then known as Morrison Field, it opened in 1936 after the United States entered World War II. It was converted to an Air Force base in 1942. During the war, thousands of servicemen arrived in Palm Beach County for training and supporting the war effort. Following the conclusion of World War II, a number of veterans returned to the area for work, vacation, and retirement. The base was closed and became a commercial uh, airport again in 1962. Migration to the county by workers, tourists, and retirees continued into the 21st century. So Palm Beach County um, Airport, ultimately a lot of infrastructure advancement occurred as a result of World War II and uh, Palm Beach County Airport being a Air Force Base, Air Force Base. So let's talk about the rental market. Now, I mentioned to you at the beginning of the podcast when you get into the rental game, um, commissions are paid for any properties that are listed in the multiple listing service. If a commission is not paid, the property is not put in the MLS. Now, why is that important? Well, I'm going to talk to you about properties that are listed. These are properties that uh, basically are in the MLS. That means a realtor has um, got a landlord to go ahead and make property available. And once that property is made available, the realtor will enter into the MLS, the multiple listing service, and typically a commission will be offered of about 10%. 5% will go to the um, realtor who's representing the landlord. 5% will go to the realtor who's representing the tenant. And what is the realtor the commission based on, the 10%? Well, it's based on the, the gross annual rent. So if a place rents for $1,000 a month, and there's 12 months in a year, therefore the uh, gross rent will be about 12 grand. 10% of that would be $1,200. Therefore, under this real simple basis, 10% commission, which is it tends to be the norm. Everything's negotiable, but that tends to be how things shake out. That would mean 600 bucks goes to the realtor for the landlord, 600 bucks goes to the realtor for the tenant. That's the way it's gonna um, it's gonna break down. So, um, if you uh, or if an entity owns a 300 unit complex. Did they really want to pay 10% commission on each and every one of those 300 units every year? No. So what these uh, corporate owners do is they turn around, they hire somebody, uh, or one or two or three people, they put them what's called in-house, and they have uh, these in-house people simply run out the place, and therefore um, they're able to save the money off the commissions for leasing it. Now they simply pay uh, someone to go ahead and handle it a fee that's much less than what the commissions ultimately be. So as a result, when we're talking about these, uh, uh, talking about the rental data here, I'm not talking about the entire market. I'm not talking about those properties where there's signs in front saying for rent, move in special, you know, you could have been home if you lived here type of thing. Those are all corporate owners. 
these are going to be the individual buildings where um, you'll see a whole series of signs posted out in front. Those are typically um, handled by individual unit owners who want to turn around and try to rent it, and they use realtors to be able to go ahead and, and rent it. Now, um, one quick tip for you rental market, uh, I would tell you all the data we've talked about thus far is based average, average, average. When you get into rental data, don't rely on uh, average. Rely on median. And why is that? Because the rental data is extremely sketchy, and when you get into pricing, uh, it gets even worse. And it gets worse because there's so many different properties that are available. There are properties that are available daily, weekly, monthly, annually, furnished, unfurnished, all in, um, in basically all of the above. So in order to kind of make it simple, because if you were to go ahead and drill down and go apples to apples, basically what you would find is uh, there's too little of a pool in order to um, get any kind of sense of what's going on. So just focus on median depth that a quick shortcut because going in, again, the stats are, they're sketchy. And one bit, when you are a renter, generally speaking, uh, the price per month is most uh, important. And as a result, renters will agree and, and compromise on different things. Unlike a buyer, a buyer who needs and wants certain uh, uh, things and features on the property, they'll simply move their location in order to get what they need rather than um, uh, try to uh, maintain a certain price. Uh, and, and accept what's there versus a renter who will accept that price because they want they want a particular location and they're not there long term. They're there for maybe a year or so. So that's the mentality. So as a result of that, uh, for the rental data, we're going to include apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses as well. So here goes. Here's what we got going on the statistics site. In Palm Beach County, nearly 2,165 properties are available for rent. 2,165 nearly. First nine months of 2020, how many rented? 8,590, 8,590, roughly, roughly. So what does that mean? Well, those 8,590 that rented in the first nine months of the year, that's an average of 954 units renting each and every month in Palm Beach County. If I take the 954 and divide in what's currently on the market, 2,165 roughly, you're going to come up with 2.3 months of supply. So you say, Peter, that sounds like a uh, tenant's, uh, excuse me, a landlord's market because it's under six months. Remember, under six months is advantage um, landlord. Over six months is an advantage tenant. So it sounds like the rental market in Palm Beach County is uh, extremely tight and landlords can basically, uh, you know, they can ask for wh whatever they want. Well, that might be the case, but again, it doesn't factor in the corporate properties that are not included in this MLS. So I would just tell you that. Now, what do you got going on on the price per month basis on a median basis in Palm Beach County? Well, landlords are looking for 2,200 bucks a month, 2,200 a month. First nine months of uh, 2020, what they rent for. 1550, 1550, that's a difference of about 42%. Again, typically when um, the asking price and the, and the transaction price is about 20% difference, you get activity, 8 to 12%, you tend to get um, uh, real movement. So you're looking at a 42% spread that landlords are trying to achieve on uh, rents on a median basis um, uh, per month. Now, what do you got going on on a price per square foot basis median? 194 foot monthly is the ask. 194 foot monthly is the ask. Units that um, were transacted that leased in the first nine months of the year, were they leased for? 146 a foot, 146 a foot on a median basis. That's about a 33% spread, about a 33% spread. And then finally, days on market. Properties that are listed for rent in uh, Palm Beach County uh, right now, they've been there um, 58 days on a median basis, 58 days. Properties that uh, were leased 
they were able to lease in 24 days. So this shows you if the property is appropriately priced, it should rent within a month. If it's not appropriately priced, it's probably going to languish on the market for a little bit of time. So that is the rental market in Palm Beach County. Again, if you want to see any of these, um, if you want to see charts associated with anything we uh, discussed, if you want to read the written word, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the bottom half of the page, and there you're going to see a whole series of uh, reports uh, basically that have been posted uh, on that particular website. And now I want to tell you if you're not yet, or remind you, I should say, if you're not yet a subscriber to Account of Vultures Podcast, please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating and some comments. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to um, spread our message and um, and move towards trying to accomplish our mission, which is trying to bring straight talk to an overhyped um, software real estate market. And then finally, if you have any comments uh, for me, uh, please send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Any comments we receive, we read on Wednesday during our reporters' roundtable where current and former journalists get together, kick around some of the biggest headlines that occurred within the last week that are having a bearing or could have a bearing on the local real estate market. So until next time, I'm Peter Zalewski. Stay safe, stay strong and healthy. Hopefully we'll all get um, inoculated sooner rather than later. And until then, we'll catch up uh, real soon. Um, ciao, ciao.